Hi and welcome to Sports Podcasting Central. I'm your host Nathan and I will be talking about this week's news updates in both the NBA and the NFL as well as my predictions for NFL free agency as well as the NBA's playoff bracket. Alright, let's just jump right into it. Uh, There has been some breaking news about an hour ago. Safety Eric Weddle has just announced his retirement from the NFL. Eric Weddle played in the NFL for 13 seasons and played for the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Rams in his career. He finished with a total of 1,178 tackles, 29 interceptions, as well as 5 touchdowns. He was a 6-time Pro Bowler and a 5-time All-Pro safety. On another note, talking about the Rams, if you have not looked at the construction of the Rams Stadium as well as the Raiders, you probably should. They both look so freaking cool. It's actually pretty funny because they say that the Rams and the Chargers are sharing a stadium, but you can definitely tell it's made way more for the Rams, obviously. All right, next on our agenda is Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has reportedly apologized to the Steelers organization for his outburst the last few seasons, reportedly admitting that that was the reason he's out of the NFL. Okay, so here's what frustrates me about that, is this has happened with Antonio Brown, with Des Bryant, with even Le'Veon Bell. Now, obviously, Le'Veon Bell's not out of the league, but he's not nearly as productive as he was when he was a Steeler. The problem is, is when you have this self-entitled attitude that the team needs you more than they need them, the team is going to realize that and try and get a player who is just as up and coming as you were for less money so that they don't have to deal with your attitude because they realize it's not worth it. It's a bad look for both our organization and for our players. So we can say, oh, it's awesome that Antonio Brown apologized for his actions and we should really give him a second chance. And if you want to do that, obviously, that's the team's choice. Like, obviously, we don't have anything to do with it. But in my opinion, I wouldn't want to deal with him. Like, there's Juju Smith-Schuster now that they have as well as having plenty of receivers that they could trade up to to draft, like Henry Ruggs II, to give you one example. But let's just move on to some other news for this upcoming offseason. So there's a, there's this huge question, obviously, about Tom Brady and where he's going to go. So there's a few rumors. Number one is that if the Patriots do not decide to sign him, the Raiders are heavily pursuing him. The second news, though, is that the Patriots are willing to give him at least 30 million annually. That is insane. Now here's my main thing with that. I understand Tom Brady is an all-time great QB, maybe the best QB in the history of the NFL. The problem is is his age. He is the oldest QB in the NFL, and you can obviously tell he is deteriorating quicker than people would have thought. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve the money. The question is, do the Patriots pay him and screw themselves like they did when they lost Jimmy Garoppolo to the Niners? Or would they rather just start over at QB and lose Tom Brady to some other team like the Raiders, for example? Another team that has been highly going after him and I think are favorites to get him are the Los Angeles Chargers. Rumor has it, actually not even a rumor now, that Phillip Rivers has moved his family into Florida, which means Chances are he's going to be on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being coached by Bruce Arians. So that leaves an opening for a veteran QB like Tom Brady, who has played the Chargers a lot, probably would do well in their system. The Chargers have a lot of young guys like Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, people like that, Hunter Henry, their tight end. All of those guys are super young and have proven themselves 
that they can play well because Tom Brady has made it clear to the Patriots he will not go back unless they get skilled position players for him to throw the ball to. And if the Patriots have to pay Tom Brady in the 30 millions annually, they're not going to afford those players that Tom Brady would want in free agency. The other question is, if the Patriots do not re-sign Tom Brady, where, they, where do they go from there? Do they try and trade up in the draft and get Tua, not even going to try his last name, from Alabama? Do they try and sign a different quarterback? What do they do? And I think that's the main problem that the Patriots see right now, is how do they move on from Tom Brady? He's been there for so many years, it's hard to move on from a guy like that. Anyways, enough about Tom Brady. Obviously, that was a huge thing, this free agency. We'll see where he goes, wherever he goes. I mean, I guess we'll see whether he's a system QB, like a lot of people say, or if he can actually play with whatever team he plays for. Now, there's a few other QBs who are in free agency. Obviously, I already talked about Phillip Rivers. I think he's going to be going to the Bucks with Bruce Arians. I think that's a great fit for him. The other thing, though, is that means James Winston is going to be a free agent. Drew Brees is a free agent. Dak Prescott is technically a free agent. Rumors are the Cowboys will probably franchise tag him, so I don't really see him going anywhere else. But there are a lot of free agent QBs who are available this upcoming free agency. Now, for example, Ryan Tannehill. Chances are, yes, he'll re-sign with the Titans. He did very well there. The problem is, is the Titans have both Ryan Tannehill, who's a free agent, and Derrick Henry. Will they be able to afford both of them? Will both of them want to go back? Chances are, yes, but honestly, who knows? And then, of course, there's a question with Drew Brees and the Saints. Will he retire? If he doesn't retire, yes, he's probably going back to the Saints. But if he does, what do the Saints do? Most of them, most logical people say, oh, Teddy Bridgewater is the man. However, the Saints believe that Taysom Hill can do just as good as Teddy Bridgewater for way less money. The biggest thing with this free agency is who is the best bang for buck and who can get them the furthest while also not breaking the bank. And then of course there's the skilled position players like Amari Cooper for example. He's a free agent with Dallas yet again. Obviously Dallas can't franchise tag two players so they'll probably franchise tag Dak Prescott. So will Amari Cooper stay with the Cowboys? Will he go to the Bills? Will he go to the Broncos? Who knows? I think he'd be a great fit with the Bills or with the Broncos. There's also Hunter Henry from the Chargers, which I brought up earlier. I think the Chargers will keep him, keep him as well as sign Tom Brady, because if they did that, if they kept Hunter Henry, they'd have the best chance of signing Tom Brady with the skill position players they have. However, Hunter Henry tore his ACL in 2018. He had a decent year last year with 55 catches, 652 yards, and five touchdowns. And obviously, after the Super Bowl, people realized tight ends are just as important as receivers. With George Kittle and with Travis Kelsey, tight ends have been way more of a skill position player than they have way in the past. This is probably the greatest time to get a tight end to play. And then of course, there's AJ Green, who didn't play at all last year. He injured his ankle. However, he has proven himself time and time again he can be an elite receiver. He has seven Pro Bowls under his belt and it is hard to ignore the fact that he is a good receiver. The question is, will the Bengals resign him, or will they not want to deal with his injuries anymore? I believe he hasn't played for almost two years because of injuries. Then there's the Atlanta Falcons tight end, Austin Hooper, a very similar player to Hunter Henry, and he had similar 
stats as well. 75 catches, 787 yards, 6 touchdowns. Where will he go? I don't see him signing with the Falcons, mostly because the Falcons are going downhill, and he's still a young player, and I think he could do way better with a different team like the Bills. And of course, there's defensive tackle Jadavian Clowney, who played with the Texans and most recently has played with the Seahawks. He has never eclipsed double-digit sacks, and I believe he only had two sacks with the Seahawks this year. However, he is still a young player, and he is still a very versatile player. He wasn't able to do it with the Texans. He wasn't able to prove himself with the Seahawks. However, teams can probably grab him for cheap money, and he can still be a very good player. And while we're on the topic of players who haven't proven themselves, how about a player who has proven himself? Former undrafted free agent who went to the Broncos, didn't get much playing time with them when they had Shane Ray, Von Miller, and Bradley Chubb, but he went to the Bucks and he was number one in sacks. That is crazy. Obviously, he is going to get a huge contract to whichever team he goes. I personally think he's going to stay with the Bucks. I think he knows that's a good fit with him, with Bruce Arians, with probably Phillip Rivers going there. I think he will do great there with their defense. But who knows where he'll go, but I say he goes with the Bucks. While talking about the Broncos, there's also Justin Simmons. According to Pro Football Focus, only Harris was better among safeties in 2019. I thought Justin Simmons was a huge snub for the Pro Bowl, and that's why a lot of people honestly were saying the Pro Bowl was a popularity contest more than a skills contest. Because Justin Simmons has way better stats last year than Earl Thomas did with the Ravens, yet somehow Earl Thomas made it over Justin Simmons. I was very frustrated with the fact that he did not get in the Pro Bowl last year. However, I do think he's going to stay with the Broncos. I think he's a good fit there, and I really do hope that he will stay with the Broncos. I am a Broncos fan, if nobody knows, so I'm really hoping he stays there. I think we picked him very well when we drafted him, and I hope he stays with the Broncos. And then, of course, there's the story with Greg Olson. Evidently, his decision to not re-sign with the Panthers was not mutual. He actually wanted to re-sign with the Panthers. The Panthers did not. Now, the funny thing about that is I'm actually getting this whole deja vu thing with it because the Panthers did the same thing with Steve Smith Sr. And Steve Smith Sr. had some of his greatest receiving years with the Ravens after the Panthers did not re-sign him. So if I were the Panthers, I would be feeling really dumb right now because you've done this before. They've proven to you that they still have stuff to prove, but you didn't re-sign them. I think wherever Greg Olson goes, he will be a fantastic fit. I personally think that he will either go to the Bills or even the Bucks. So just a few more things. Number one, with the free agency, if Philip Rivers does decide to go to the Bucks, the big question is, where does Jameis Winston go? Because Bruce Arians totally threw him under the bus when he was being asked about if they could win next year with a different quarterback. If you didn't hear, I'm pretty sure a lot of people did. When the reporter asked him, he said, if we could win with him, talking about Jamie's Winston, we can win with anyone. So the question is, where does Jamie's Winston go? Does he go to a team like the Bears? Obviously, the Bears have Mitchell Trubisky, but he, besides that one year he took them to the playoffs, has not proven himself. If they got a veteran like Jamie's Winston with the Bears, they could have a QB competition where they push each other. I think that's a good fit. The other thing is, if Tannehill signs with the Titans, I also think Mariota could go to the Bears. That is a huge 
gamble, but I think Mariota would be a better fit than Jameis Winston. And then, of course, there's the question on if the Raiders do somehow manage to get Tom Brady, do they keep Derek Carr to learn from him, or do they trade him away? I would think they would probably keep Derek Carr, and then, depending on next year, because I'm pretty sure he's a free agent after next year, they franchise tag him, or they let him go then. If they are planning on letting him go, I'm assuming they'll trade him, but if they're not planning on letting him go, they'll probably just keep him until Tom Brady retires. And the last person I wanted to talk about with, with regards to free agency is Chris Harris Jr., another defensive back for the Broncos. Obviously, he was an undrafted free agent. He's done very well with the Broncos. He is a free agent. I don't foresee us not re-signing him. However, after we traded Emmanuel Sanders last year, I really don't know what we would do, but I really do think Chris Harris will stay with the Broncos. All right, enough with the NFL free agency. Those were just my top free agents that I wanted to discuss, so let's move on. All right, let's get into some basketball, starting with the trade that happened between the Miami Heat and the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies sending both Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala to the Miami Heat, and the Miami Heat have already signed a three-year contract with Andre Iguodala. He is a three-time champion and finals MVP with the Warriors, so he is a very good veteran and I think a very good pickup as well as Jay Crowder. Another free agent move is the Minnesota Timberwolves have actually just acquired D'Angelo Russell on a trade that included Andrew Wiggins going to the Warriors. That is a huge trade. I mean, the Warriors just lost Kevin Durant, and they already have a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who obviously has played very well with the Timberwolves, and I think will be a great fit next year with the Warriors, because now they'll have Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins. All right, now let's get into the playoff bracket and how it's turning out right now. All right, let's start with the East, where obviously most people see Milwaukee running away with the East being the first seed. I don't really think that's going to change. The biggest thing is who's going to take number two, Toronto or Boston, maybe even Miami. I think Toronto will probably drop to number three. I think both Boston and Miami are playing better right now, especially after the trade that Miami just acquired with Andre Iguodala. I'm pretty sure Miami will probably hop at least Toronto, maybe even Boston. And of course, there's the lower seeds like the Sixers, like the Orlando Magic, like the Bulls, like the Nets who will be in the lower seed but still have a chance to make it far into the playoffs. I think as of right now, it'll probably be the Sixers that have a chance to get the furthest while also not being in the top four. I don't think they have a chance of being in the top four with Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, and Miami. However, I still think they could beat those teams once they get into the playoffs. And then of course, there's the teams in the West, the Lakers being number one right now, the Clippers being number two, and even the Nuggets right behind them at number three. I think the West will be a way more competitive bracket coming closer into the playoffs, just like last year, where seeds four through eight were decided, but any of them could have moved in any of those seeds throughout the last five games, so I think it will be super exciting. Now, I think the biggest thing about this NBA season this year is the surprise teams that, even though they lost players, have played very well. Number one, obviously, being Oklahoma City. They lost Paul George. They lost Russell Westbrook. However, they still play at a, They still have been playing at a very elite level. And they are right now the sixth seed in the West. 
and I truly do think they will make the playoffs. The question is, how far will they go? I think the other team that has actually been a really surprise team is the Toronto Raptors. Yes, I know they won the finals last year. However, they lost their best player in Kawhi Leonard, and they're still sitting at the number two seed with a very good record, and honestly, probably have the best chance, if it's not Milwaukee, to make it back to the NBA Finals. I think that's a huge improvement, even with losing Kawhi Leonard. All right, now let's get into the all-star game this year with the NBA and how the draft went. Obviously, yet again, it's gonna be Team LeBron against Team Giannis, and LeBron, of course, got the first pick for the starters this year and decided to go with his teammate, Anthony Davis, of course. I'm not going to waste your time telling you each pick. I'm just going to go over the roster and just tell you what I think. So for LeBron, obviously, I said he got Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, and James Harden as his starting roster along with him, obviously. And then for his reserves, he has Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Nikolai Jokic, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and DeMontis Sabonis. I think that's a stacked team. Whereas Team Giannis, he has him obviously, then Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young for the starters, and then his teammate Chris Middleton, Bama DeBeo, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. Just looking at those rosters, I think it's going to be a good game, but I think the problem is, is Team Giannis doesn't have like enough veterans, he has a lot of young players. You know, where Team James or LeBron has Davis, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden. So ultimately, I think just like last year, I think Team LeBron will win. But I do think it will be a fun game. I think that the NBA does a way better job with this drafting all-star. Unlike when the NFL tried to do it, I think back in like 2013 through 2016. I think the problem when the NFL did that is there were way too many people to pick where... And then BA, obviously, it's like a 12-team roster. So, all right, so that about wraps up this podcast. This is my first ever podcast, so it's probably a little spotty. But I'd appreciate it if you supported me at all. Um, I have an Instagram. It's called sports underscore podcast underscore central. That's how you'll look it up to find it. I'll be posting, asking questions, asking what you guys want me to talk about. You know, all of that jazz. I also have a Facebook. It's called Sports Talk Central. Um, Yeah, if you guys could support that, that'd be great. And thanks for listening.